Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All views of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the twelfth of September. I'm Giselle Hanna, taking you through to nine thirty this morning. Of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. You can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and you can follow news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region on those social media platforms.、Um, I will give out our telephone number if you want to reach us nine double six three seven two double seven. I can say though, because we have moved offices, that phone is not quite plugged in right now. So maybe try and reach us by email if that's what you're wanting to do. So coming up on today's program, in the second part of the show, Pierre Moro will be speaking with Nambiat Vasudevan. He's a comrade from the New Trade Union Initiative. It's not very new anymore. In fact, the New Trade Union Initiative, I think, was formed in two thousand and five. But they are a federation of Indian trade unions belonging to formal and informal sectors.、Um, we.、Uh, We brought you the story a couple of、uh, last week and the week before about the massive general strike in India. So different figures have been quoted. 150 million is what we reported on、um, on the mini news. 150 million people. That is, that's a lot of people to go on a general strike. Um, at AWL, we thought this was one of the most significant events worldwide, even though it's gotten hardly any、um, media coverage. So, for this week and next week, we're going to be looking, analysing, and trying to understand and evaluate that、um, general strike. This week, as I said, we'll be speaking with Nambiat Vasudevan, and he's he's from、uh, Mumbai. Next week we're going to speak with、um, Abhinav Sinha, who、uh, listeners might remember also visitors. So both Vasudevan and、um, Abhinav have been visitors and partners of AAWL.、Um, so Abhinav is from New Delhi, and we're going to hear a New Delhi、um, evaluation of that、uh, massive, massive strike. So that's coming up in the second part of the program. Of course, first up on AA on、uh, Asia Pacific Currents is news from around the region, and we're going to start in Australia, facing widespread calls by the Australian public、um, for Australia to accept more refugees from the wars in West Asia. The Australian government announced that it would take an additional thirteen thousand thirteen thousand five hundred refugees from Syria. This intake will concentrate on bringing in the most oppressed communities. A sentence that many refugee advocates understand to mean anyone but Muslims. <clears throat> On the same day, the government announced that it was going to expand its military campaign against the Islamic State from Iraq into Syria.、Um, many of you will know that there are a lot of rallies、um, that have spontaneously been organised. Um, opposing the bombing of Syria. So, if you're interested, if you're in Melbourne and you're interested, the next so there was a demonstration last night at Flinders Street. There's another demonstration tomorrow at the State Library. So, this is Sunday, the thirteenth 
of uh, of September. It's at 12.30 at the State Library. It's a demonstration opposing the bombing of Syria. Continuing in the West Asian region, or at least the crisis in West Asia, as reported previously, the max exodus of people from the West Asian region is a reflection of the intensifying cycle of repression, war and exploitation in that region. The announcement by Australia that it will now target IS in Syria will only intensify the suffering of ordinary Syrians without resolving any of the issues that are fueling the civil war. In neighbouring Lebanon and Iraq, popular protests against the respective governments are continuing. In Yemen, more foreign armies are intervening in that conflict, while in Turkey, the internal political crisis of the government is reigniting the conflict in Kurdish areas with attacks on political organisations and a renewed military offensive against the PKK. And now looking at Pakistan... It's been three years after a factory burnt down and the Pakistani workers are still awaiting compensation. On the 11th of September 2012, a fire started at the Ally, or at the Ali Enterprises garment factory in Karachi, Pakistan. Even though the factory had just passed a safety inspection, over 250 workers were burnt to death due to the non-existence of any fire equipment and locked exit doors. The main customer of that factory, a German retailer called KIK or Kick, originally, so this this um, German retailer had originally agreed to set up a compensation fund for the injured workers and relatives of the dead. The reality is the very little of what's been promised or of the promised money has reached the affected workers and the families, while Kick continues to make big profits by buying from some of the dangerous factories in the world. An international campaign is ongoing to force Kik to pay compensation. And this year has seen a continued industrial activity by teachers in Iran, with many of the main activists arrested. This week, news has come out that Mahmoud Langrudi, a board member of the Iranian Teachers Trade Association based in Tehran, was arrested at his home while another two, um, Mohammed Niknajad and Behdi Bahluli were arrested a few days later. These three teachers had all participated in the protests this year and their arrest is part of the wave of repression that the Iranian government has unleashed on these workers. There are international campaigns to support the teachers um, and to support the teachers that are currently being held in the Iranian jails. Moving now to Korea, strikes at the Korean shipbuilders signal a start of a new campaign. The continuing global economic crisis is affecting the large shipbuilding sector in South Korea, with workers under pressure to pay for this crisis. The main companies affected are Hyundai, Daewoo and Samsung. This week, on the 9th of September, around 25,000 workers at Hyundai and Daewoo shipyards staged a limited four-hour strike against a continuing wage freeze and proposed new job cuts. Given the size and strength of the companies involved, the workers will most probably face a long and hard struggle ahead. As the companies are also globally integrated, coordinated industrial action at an international level will probably be crucial. And still in South Korea, 
The anti-worker and anti-union activities of Samsung in South Korea over the years have been well documented. But just this week, the company once again blocked families' attempts to claim compensation. Due to the relentless opposition by the company, some families of dead and injured workers have split from the main compensation groups as they're desperate for some closure. While Samsung has stated that it's prepared to pay some compensation, it will not apologise and will not undertake workplace changes in its factories so as to prevent further deaths and injuries. And finally, a global day of action against the Turkish company um, for union busting. When the almost 200 employees of SF Leather decided to organise and join the union Deritex, the company sacked 14 of the main labour activists and sought to crush the workers' effort to organise. Unfortunately, such anti-union tactics in Turkey are not isolated and are part of a a government-inspired drive to destroy militant unionism. The global union, Industrial, has called for a global day of action on the 16th of September against the luxury handbag and clothing retailer Mulberry, which is the main buyer from SF Leather. Companies like Mulberry use a global chain of production to drive down wages and conditions for workers around the world. So clearly from that roundup of news from around the region this week, um, the uh, downward pressure, the global race to the bottom in the garment industry continues. We saw a couple of stories there and where that drive is really fierce, we see massive occupational health and safety issues arising. And really the best way to keep workers safe at work is to organise. It's to organise industrial, it's to organise in unions. As I said, that is the news from around the region. It's 11 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm going to go to some community announcements and then our feature story for the morning. The New International Bookshop, Melbourne's famous left-wing bookshop. We stock the widest range of left-wing literature and merchandise, as well as heaps of cheap quality second-hand books. Visit Nibs at Trades Hall, 54 Victoria Street, Carlton, or online at www.newinternationalbookshop.org.au. Coming up at Trades Hall, on Thursday, September 10 at 6.45pm, Tim Musio, Senior Lecturer in International Relations and Political Economy at the University of Wollongong, will give a talk about his new book, The 1% and the Rest of Us. And on Tuesday, October 22nd from 7pm, left historian Stuart McIntyre will talk about his new book, Australia's Boldest Experiment, War and Reconstruction in the 1940s. The New International Bookshop is a 3CR supporter. Thank you, Your Worship. The Marxist Cowboys is a short, subversive uh, film about the alleged criminal activities of the Marxist Victorian Labor College over a 40-year period, uh, Your Worship. And it is all true. Listen, mate, I'm facing a few criminal charges. 325 fraud charges? They're all bullshit, mate. I was shocked. It has a cast of malcontents, including one Karl Marx. The wheels of the class struggle will turn again. This bit of subversion will be shown with two other bits of subversion, at 3CR on Monday the 5th of October at 7pm, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Check the website if you need more criminal ideas of crime. Just be there. I know I will be. Thank you, Your Honour. 
You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party. Power to the people. 13 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. Coming up now, an interview with Namiyat Vasudevan, the president of the New Trade Union Initiative, which is a federation of Indian trade unions belonging to formal and informal sectors. He's also the convener of the Trade Union Solidarity Committee in Mumbai. Given the Indian strike was nationwide and it was the biggest the world has ever seen, 150 million workers uh, took to the streets. Of course, that figure is disputed, I, I might add. But when we spoke to some of our comrades in India, they said, oh, no, it wasn't 150 million. It was only 50 million. Either way, still more than the population of Australia. And and how do you count at those numbers? However, it would be it would lack integrity, it would lack political ethics to simply report the higher um, estimation of that general strike, but it was huge. Um, and given that, given that it was nationwide, one of the most significant events in the world, despite the lack of media coverage, we are bringing you a couple of different perspectives. This week, we're going to speak with, as I said, Nambiat Vasudevan. He's from Mumbai. And next week, we're going to speak with Abhinav Sinha from New, New Delhi to get some different perspectives of um, what that, that general strike was like. Can you tell us the background that led to the main trade unions coming together and calling this strike? This is a continuation of the agitation taking place in India since 1991 by the trade union movement after the liberalization policy started by the government of India. And in May 2015, there was a meeting of all the unions in Delhi where it was decided that there will be an All India strike of all the workers on 2nd of September 2015. So this is a continuous process going on against the attack on labor rights in India for the last 25 years. Are there specific points that the new Modi yeah, government yeah. has introduced? Now, earlier that unions were demanding several issues including a minimum wage to be paid to all workers in India at national level and that was the, the demand was 15,000 rupees and in, in, in terms of dollar it may be something like $200 per month to a worker minimum wage that is one demand another demand is the the stopping of the casualization of the workforce, that is, the contract system has become extremely rampant for the last so many years that nearly 95% of the workers are in the informal sector and many of them are contract workers having no labor rights at all. So one demand was this system of exploitation through contract labor must be discontinued and every worker should be paid 15,000 rupees or, in other words, nearly $200 a, a month. Other demands was national level universal social security benefits to all workers in informal sector especially should be introduced by the government. Then 
there was also a demand that no privatization of the public sector undertakings public sector units so these demands were going on and in the in the recent period last year a new government came to power in delhi that government is headed by bjp bharatiya janata party which is a hindu conservative organization after coming to power they started attacking the first attack was on the labor unions and the trade union rights so they wanted to introduce new legislation in the under the guise of saying that labor reforms are necessary for the development of the country and two states where bjp is in power rajasthan and madhya pradesh they introduce new legislation which will take away trade union rights even right to unionization will take away and also rights of the under the contract labor system under the factories act under the apprenticeship act and all those items will uh, existing rights will be curtailed this has been done in the name of labor reforms so unions have been opposing that the government at the national level at the federal level also wanted to have a labor legislation of the same type of rajasthan and madhya pradesh so unions have been opposing so the second second september strike included all these items attack on labor rights attack on public sector and withdrawal of the existing benefits to informal sector workers on health education etc and also one more item was the the acquisition of land for industry because the new government says that they need land for industrial development the corporate sector indian as well as international they are ready to invest in india provided they get land and land is the private hand land is with the peasants and farmers so acquisition of land by force will be necessary for the government to do so the trade unions on 2nd september strike included acquisition of land will be opposed by the working class so all these issues like minimum wages to acquisition of land became the issue for the working class in india and the strike included all these items we have heard reports that um up anywhere between 50 to 150 million workers took part in this strike now how was the strike felt in india by the workers themselves did it really give workers in india a sense of power now most here will say that nearly 150 150 million workers participated in the strike according to the employees association they have lost one day loss was to the extent of 4.6 billion dollar 25000 rupees in indian terms it amounts to 4.5 billion dollar because of one day strike and in this strike there were workers in all sectors in from one end of the country to the other participated in the strike and the organized sector the organized sector has started regrouping once again in two three areas in india one is in the northern part of india where there is automobile industry coming up in a big way which is near delhi 
So all the automobile workers unions belonging to multinational companies, they join the strike in a big way. And another automobile sector is in the is near Mumbai. There is a place called Pune. Those workers also participated. The industrial workers of Pune participated. And industrial workers in Chennai, there is another hub industrial activity. They also joined the strike. So the three industrial areas, Delhi, Chennai and Pune, they were part of the strike. This is sub, this is the story of the private sector industrial organization. Then there are public sector workers in the steel industry, in iron ore, in oil. They also joined the strike. Then the huge number of unorganized informal sector workers in the midday meal scheme and part-time teaching workers we call in India Anganwadi, that is in the, in the small, small areas that you will be having small centers where one teacher will be teaching 40, 50 students. So they are, such people are in, in thousands. So all of them joined the strike. The domestic workers participated. Agriculture workers also joined the strike. So all this put together to 150 million workers, according to our estimate, were on strike on, on September 2nd. So it, it's a huge, big number. In terms of the effect of this strike, obviously the workers in the uh, formal sector, they are more organised and more of them came out. What effect has had this strike on the government and the employers? According to the a statement issued by the Employees Association, the Confederation of Indian Industry, they, according to their calculation, one day loss amounted to something like $4.5 billion. And they say the strike, such a strike should be avoided. The government should take measures to avoid such strikes. Because this, this one day strike, the trade unions have been experiencing for a long time. They should not go to uh, not be very effective the government uh, discuss with the union but they do not do anything so if this if strikes continue like this then that is going to affect the government the income for the government production wise and also economy of india will be very adversely affected because 4.5 billion dollar for india is quite a substantial amount of money so the strike has affected the government sector, the railways, public transport system, aviation, and also private sector. So it had an impact on the government as well as the employees. As a final question, as a trade unionist and from what you can see from the strike, where to now for the workers' movement in India? Workers are in uh, or, or these there are three main sectors private sector public sector and the government sector and the informal sector in all these areas workers are now gaining grounds and they are becoming more aware they are becoming more conscious and now the unity of all the trade unions together in india this this has become, become possible only because all the national level trade union centers, irrespective of political affiliation, came together. Except one union, one union backed out at the last moment, that the ruling party affiliated Bharatiya Mastur Sangh, BMS. BMS is a trade union wing of the ruling BJP, Bharatiya Janata Party, which is in power now. That union at the last moment backed out. 
but the workers belonging to bms we have reports from many sectors in coal in steel in that uh, area the workers continue to participate in the strike though the union as such withdrew from the strike so this is a very important development that trade union and workers now get a feeling that unless we get organized stand together we are solidarity we will not be in a position to even safeguard anything or achieve anything more in the days to come that's a very promising turn uh, especially in regards to unity and solidarity because as we yeah. all know that's the strength of us as as workers Thank you very much, uh, Vasudevan, and uh, we certainly wish you and all your comrades all the best uh, in the future fight. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Three CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out, to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. The Melbourne Street Medics need your help. On Saturday the 18th of July, when we took to the streets against Reclaim Australia, Victoria Police pepper sprayed the crowd. We treated more than 100 people and we're asking you to donate to help restock our kits and train up new medics. We believe in empowering people to fight for a better world. Please help us to care for those who stand up for our rights. Please go to ozcrowd.com and search for Melbourne Street Medics or go to the Melbourne Street Medics Facebook page for more information on how to donate. 27 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. So the last thing that you heard was an interview conducted by Pierre Morrow with Vasudevan, a comrade from India, speaking about the general strike that was held on the 2nd of September. Massive, massive world event that, uh, fascinatingly enough, hasn't really featured um, in any of the mainstream media. Uh, next week we're going to bring you the uh, another story about that general strike, and it will uh, we'll be speaking with a comrade who is based in New Delhi. That will that is Abhinav Sinha. Um, of course, coming up next is Palestine Remembered, but please do tune in to um, 3CR for the rest of the weekend for news and current affairs from a left-wing perspective. Asia Pacific Currents will be back next Saturday morning from 9 o'clock. Don't forget that there is a rally tomorrow to stop the bombing of Syria. It's at 12.30 at the State Library. It's uh, been organised by a broad anti-war movement that I think is slowly re-coalescing here in Melbourne anyway to to oppose the um, the war in Syria and, and the continuing wars across the, the Middle East. But of course, now coming up next is Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.